0: Welcome to another episode of It's Just Pennies. This is the Stock Whisperer. Before you enjoy today's episode, let me just state this. I am not a financial advisor, so if you're looking for financial advice, please seek an investment professional. The episode that you're about to hear is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Hello, OTCers. How's everyone doing? Is it me or... Does the news of webull online OTC trades feel exciting? I feel this way because Webull does things that change the game. I think they were one of the first who did like the no commissions. And then, you know, Robin Hood came and then all the other brokers follow suit. Then Webull have like all these supportive scanners and things like that. And no, I don't work for Webull and I don't get anything from Webull or anything like that. So don't think, you know, this is like a promotion. But when I heard that Webull was gonna start allowing OTC trades, I got excited. That's a fresh new group of people looking, from my understanding, it's going to be commission free. And we know how Webull people like to push low floats. And OTC has some good quality ones. So I'm definitely, definitely excited. You know, Webull was one that allowed the early hours trading. Heck, I think they, for big board, they might allow you to start at like four, four AM Eastern. It's very early. So it'd be interesting if they allow the OTC to be traded that early as well. Uh, along with that, I just feel like people will start putting money into Webull, even if it's not a lot, similar to how they did when the bull markets was going on and people were, uh, using Webull to buy small caps and small cap penny stocks. Definitely, definitely interested in seeing how many new investors will be attracted to the OTC given the threat of recession, the threat of inflation. People want to invest very little or trade very little to try to get a lot. And what better way to do that than the OTC in my personal humble opinion? And we're not talking like a few thousand people. You're looking at potentially millions and millions of people now can have their eyes on buying and selling OTC stocks. From my understanding, the last update that I heard, uh, Webull is rolling out or have rolled out their beta site, so it's in testing. But I wasn't, I haven't been able to find when actually they're ready to go live. I think right now they're just getting the, you know, the systems and uh, what is it schematics down prior to going live. Me personally, I feel like this again, like I said, it gives more access to to people who are looking. For small companies are looking for high risk, high reward with little, with having to put a lot of money in the stocks. So it'd be interesting to see how I, how it go. Also, I feel like it's going to put pressure on your e trades, your TD Ameritrade, who charge five, seven dollars, or three dollars per OTC trade. If we don't start charging any, they won't feel the impact until people personally start pulling money out and putting it over in Webull and telling them why. Hey, you're you're charging commission on trades. And then we have given how big the crypto crash has happened, or it's not even me personally, I don't think it's a crash. I think it's a correction. If you look at the history of it, like Bitcoin, it has this large drop and then it meets new highs, then it has another large drop, then it meets new highs. So it'd be interesting to see over time if that trend continues. But I do think as a drop occurs, more money will also come into the OTC, like old times. I feel like we need to be careful. Those who, who are starting right now, heck, any, everybody need to be careful, but I feel like right now, people are dying to see a runner that it may leave them susceptible to pumps and dumps. But I also feel like companies who have something quality, a low float, will see newer highs sooner than later. So I look forward to like the small cap penny stocks and as well as the OTC pities, getting hot, especially as the big board continues to drop. Last weekend, or about two weeks, ICOA, MJWL, and AAPT all received like the skulls, the CE after hours. No immediate explanation was given by the OTC markets, and all three companies have came out and spoke against why they received it and have indicated they have hired lawyers and are working due diligently to get it removed, which is a beautiful sight, because sometimes companies don't say anything at all and go into hiding. But it got me thinking, it got my my bud bubbling. Like, not because one, the companies that receive the CE have legit businesses going on, but it got me wondering about the OTC. Like, why hasn't anybody ever sued now? Like, who governs the OTC? How are they able to make decisions? Like halting a stock on private information that's never made to the public. Because I know like on Big Board, if they see something, they announce it on a press release. Why isn't the OTC doing that? Why aren't they giving shareholders the opportunity to pull out their money or take a loss versus losing it all? I don't understand how a company, how they're doing this with no governance and been getting away with it for who knows how long. Now I hear that saying, oh, it's like, it's already risky. But think about it. most people invest money on public information, but the OTC markets behind the scenes could be investigating, right? Let's just say they're investigating something and make a decision to halt the stock and never make it public till after they have done that thus screwing shareholders. So is it really in the best interest of the shareholders that they could make decisions privately that affects people publicly? Why not announce the information? Like, How don't, how do we not know that they're not doing this because they're not getting a cut of something? Who knows? But who governs them? Like, what are the checks and balances that says, hold on, how can you give this company a CE, halt this company, suspend it, but you never make the investors aware that this company is even in, ready to be in that potential situation? Seems like a very messed up, uh, way of running a business. But I guess, until you get sued, you don't have to have checks and balances. And it's not like we can trust them, in my personal opinion. Let's think about it. How often do they screw up people when the filings come in and they decide to enforce the SEC rules and regulations? One day, the company's on the expert market. Next day, they're pink current. And and they was put on expert marketing down in there. Like, I don't know if they're understaffed or what, but it just seems like until uh, people target them and go after them, they're going to continue doing this. And it's not like they can say they haven't in the best interest of the shareholders because they don't make any of the information available to the shareholders until afterwards, which makes absolutely no sense. So they can miss me with this whole, we're looking out for the shareholders. No, you're not. Because if you are, you would have said, hey, stock XXXXX currently is being investigated for potential fraudulent information. Yes, the stock may dip, but I allow people to cut some losses versus losing everything completely. Now the beauty of it is when you do get the CE removed, like AAPT, ICOA, and MJWL are working towards getting that based on their tweets and press releases, the stock normally runs, because it basically means, hey, this company's legit, or they should have never had it, or they proved they should have never had it. So it's definitely something to keep an eye for uh, eye out for it, and we'll see how it plays out it just sucks that i know people that have lost hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars because of the otc putting ces on stocks but never making that information made public it's like i hope hopefully they're not that evil where they get a aroused of screwing investors over so only time to tell uh, um if there will ever be true checks and balances or if they ever get sued but it just seems like it's pretty messed up uh, the way they go about doing the business. Guess it's the gift and the curse of it. Moving on, let's go ahead and review some tickers. Monday, SSOF was about 21%. It was a bottom bounce, low float. Uh, I think people are really expecting to hear an update on the merger. Tuesday, we had a few movers. GHMP moved 217%. Company completed a merger and it moved very well. Money, Moni, M-O-N-I. Moved about twenty three point seven percent, and with that, when company uh, and it makes sense, CEO steps down on Friday, I believe. So the company cannot have access to updating the filings. People panic; they sell. Oh, they're going to be late on the filings. Monday comes around; new CEOs announced temporarily uh, announced as an interim. Thus giving the company access to update their filings. Company updates their filings, stocks move. And the market bounced on it. So hopefully uh, it was one that if you were not a victim of panic selling. SFOR moved 19.5% as the company announced major announcements on June 14th. So with their share structure, it will be interesting to see if we see continued volume moving uh, this stock and the price moving up. On Wednesday, PACV, former runner, moved 227% as their foundings indicated they had a strong sales increase. ABCE moved 16%. Um, It's just a low flow play that was bouncing. Low flows are the thing in the OTC this year. I'm telling you. CMGR moved 56.57% as the company announced uh, more partners that they have. On Thursday, EGOC. Moved seventeen point six five percent as they updated their officers. Itox moved twenty percent as the company put out a tweet that um, I'm gonna read the tweet. It says having the right partners is essential to go from a um, to, to go from a startup to success. Mm. Hint, hint. ABCe moved another eighty percent, so that's the second day that it moved had a nice movement and it was just another second day continuation. I didn't see anything that truly truly stood out with A, B, C, E, as far as a catalyst. On Friday, rounding off the week, SYSX moved 29.17%. Looks like it was a chart chart play. Uh, I think based on the volume highs moving, the chart play suggests that uh, it should have a strong move this week. So we'll see. ZMRK moved 41.67%. As um, with that one, Honestly, it just looked like a bottom play. It's a low float. People are speculating news to come, and it has some decent volume. So that rounds off all the tickers that moved last week uh, from, what was the week? I think it was, what, May 15th, 16th to the May 20th. So as you can see, though, most of the tickers I mentioned all have low floats. Here's the catch. If you find a ticker with a low float that has a strong catalyst, that might be that one ticker that you've been looking for to move massive. Please keep that in mind. So now we're at the episode where I like to give out a ticker every day. But with this one, with all the chaos and everything, I'm going to be honest. I'm personally just looking at Moni. I mentioned it before. They have a June 1st deadline on their app. And then they've handed out hinted at releasing more and more about uh, I think partnerships or people they're working with after their app goes live so I don't really have a ticker at a date I just want to share why I don't have one and because I'm really just looking at as far as accumulating more shares of money I think that if they do reach that April or that June 1st deadline with it being a low float and then roll out the information, we potentially could see a life-changing opportunity. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but the business model that they're going in, there's only maybe like two others. And from my understanding, both of those companies that are similar are in the dollars. So that tells you the kind of potential money has if they execute appropriately. So time to tell. Definitely, I'm definitely excited. Uh Next episode, I will give you a ticker today. I promise you that. So before I conclude today's episode, I want to leave you with words of positivity. I had so many quotes going through my head that I read that I just came up with. But given the nature of the climate we live in today, people may be put in situations where they may get taken advantage of. You know, every time I hear a recession, right, I think it happened in 2008, people get desperate. People who feel like they have people they can trust walk away. So the quote is really just for you to be protective and aware and be conscious because think about it. Most people just want to be in the result and not in the process. However, it's in the process where you really realize who deserves to be in the results. You can't take everybody with you. Everyone isn't there for you a lot of people want to meet you at the finish line but they don't want to run the race make sure giving today's climate when it comes to trading you're with people who are willing to run the race you're with people who are willing to trade willing to learn you know regardless if you lose or you win who are willing to go through the process with you surround yourself with people like that please keep that in mind I am behind on emails so I've received them. A lot of things personally has been going on. I've just been trying to catch up and find solid balance with everything while keeping some sanity in life. So I'm going to respond to the email. So if you sent me an email, don't feel like I didn't respond or I'm ignoring it or it went to my junk folder. It did not do any of those. We'll get to it. I promise you that. Uh, this concludes today's episode. As always, if you can, please rate. Write a review if the platform you're listening to allows you to do so. If you have any questions or topic requests or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Again, that's pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Other than that, have a good day and see you later.